if I can speak to the managers and the owners. I have a microphone. Um, I think when we complain about documentation at the technician level. And you don't. But we don't have a system that thoroughly captures the documentation at the client intake. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! Um, then we have dissonance between, you know, how come you guys don't have the documentation? I'm, I'm spitting angry. It's like, well, how come you never give us complete documentation? Oh. What the hell are we doing here, Harry? Um, it's got to be consistent. If you want your system to, to do it right, do it efficiently, do it excellently. It's not just a technician issue. You know, you should have a, a client, a new client intake form. We have examples of this. If you need assistance with that. Enter an audio-visual experience like, like no other. Underground rap at its realist. What we're talking about, what you're seeing, is portions of the course that I'm still working on. I promise Lisa Lavender, I'm still working on it. Uh, that's our partner at Restoration Technical Institute, which will distribute the course once it's done. I'm waiting! But these, um, this is part of module one for how to suck less at estimating habits for better project outcomes. It's a very beautiful book. This is the first one we've done in full color. It's got full color photos, diagrams, and um, examples from Xactivate and those kinds of things to help you elevate, lift, and learn your estimating process. Helping you shorten your dang learning curve. But what we're talking about here in this particular video, uh, <laughs> book hug moment. We got the hugger in the house. That's awesome. <laughs> we got the hugger in the house. Book hug moment. In this particular video is the client intake process. What would you say you do here? Here. The Diojo Podcast. As I said previously speaking to the owners you know we frequently hear owners talk about documentation from the field is an issue well how come you guys don't have the documentation I'm, I'm spitting angry i believe one of the core issues is we don't always set our teams up for success from the start it's like well how come you never give us complete documentation oh what the hell are we doing here harry with something as simple as a client intake form, which we're just about to go into a very simple Excel spreadsheet and how that relates to the techs being able to get the information, the estimators and project managers getting the, the information that they need. But let's start with some tough love, all right? So that way, as Taya Thompson says, don't have to try to pull something magical out of a lack of information provided by the field. Ready for this? Here goes. It's something as owners and managers we're always working on, especially as we're bringing new people in, trying to get clarity, consistency, and accountability. You'd suck. So that way we can do it right, do it efficiently, and do it excellently. Again, <laughs> a lot of these concepts are talked about in my new book, How to Suck Less at Estimating, and the course that is coming out. You'd suck. How to not suck. I have a microphone. The last minute we changed it to How to Suck Less at Estimating. And you don't. Habits for better project outcomes. So you will listen to every word I have to say! And here is a sample, just a real simple, this is in Google Forms, blank intake form. 
Um, so obviously, if someone's taking the call, and this is really helpful because we have a new person that we just hired um, for our admin. So if they're taking the call, you know, hello, call comes in. Hello, my name is John with Aries Restoration. How can I help you? And the communication should flow down the line. So a technician getting a new client, anyone taking the phone call, whether it's an estimator or the front desk person um, or anyone in the company should have a form that they're filling out or know the questions in that form. And they say, yeah, we've got some damages. So, okay. So if I'm the person, I'm going to put them on speakerphone, right? So I can type and... I'm going to start asking them. I've got the date. I'm going to write the date. Um, we use a naming convention. So like today, this would be 22 is the year. 06. This is in June. I'm recording in June of 22. So say this last person's, the person's last name is Johnson. Their first name is John, right? So we got John Johnson. Who referred you? Restoration X, you know, company. You know, their address is XXX. Sales tax is part of, once it gets to the estimator, they're in Puyallup, Washington. Uh, which insurance company are you working with? Epic comeback starts right here. Say, for example, they're working with insurance ABC, ABC insurance. We won't name names and get ourselves into trouble. Uh, what's your phone number? What's your claim number? That's very important. As you know, if we're going to interact with an insurance company, <laughs> most insurance companies have generic emails, even if we don't have the adjuster-specific one. Some of them even prefer that. What is the email for the customer? Who's the adjuster if they know? Who's the best contact? It's always important. You have to teach your staff to know. Not everybody that calls is an owner, so clarify, you know, okay, do you own the home? Are you a tenant? You know, is a project property manager involved? You know, those kinds of things. Uh, do we have the adjuster phone number and email for the adjuster? How would the estimator get access? Do you know the approximate age of the home? If they've brought up, you know, hey, I'm the owner. I live out of state. There's a tenant, and we want to get the tenant's name and phone number. It's always helpful to know, you know, hey, when, when did this water or fire loss happen? Do you know roughly what the source of the loss is? Book hug moment. And those questions should be answered. Do you know what the source is? Has it been addressed? You know, yes, we know what the source is. The plumber's already been out. No, we don't know what the source is. How the heck do we get the water shut off? Okay, well, um, there's there's some steps we need to take prior to getting the people out there because otherwise they're just going to be standing around waiting for the water to get shut off. Okay, if we were referred by Restoration X, um, then we're assuming they did the mitigation. So, in reconstruction, we still need to know the source and the extent, right? Did the whoever performed the removal... Did they properly address whatever the source was? Did they properly remove all, all of the extent of damages so that we're going in to be able to create an accurate and thorough estimate for repairs um, and making sure that there's not something there that might bite us in the butt um, due to a lack of information? But that's a very important question. Has the Our company does primarily the reconstruction, so we always want to know 
has the majority of the demolition been done you know if they're still drying we can go out and we can do uh, an inspection but we need the majority of the drying to have been completed or else we can't put a thorough and accurate estimate together and it doesn't do us a lot of good to come out prior to that point extent of the loss so especially if this is someone new in your office um, you know you know what 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 rooms what general rooms are affected you know it's a two-story loss it went into the kitchen um, what rooms do you know are affected okay it started in the kitchen we believe it went into the crawl space into um, you know the utility room and there's a bedroom up against this wall or the office whatever you know that that tells the tech, why is that important? Well, it tells the technicians responding, well, if we've got maybe three or four different drying chambers, separated areas, I know I need to take what? At least four dehues, right? And then I want to take at minimum two air movers per dehue. You know, some of you may be thinking, well, that's not part of our equation or whatever. I'm talking generalities. If the, whatever your system is for drying and your strategy, if the technicians know roughly, I'm probably dealing with at least these many rooms that are affected that I need at least X number of equipment or oh you have hardwoods and we think and this is less than 24 hours we think we have a good chance to possibly save them maybe we're bringing the mat system out right or, or other maybe I need more plastic if I'm going to tent it um, these kinds of things so having those details at the beginning helps the technicians to be better equipped to respond you know and provide the documentation it sets the example from the start um, are there any areas of special concern and then we start getting into more of the workflow from the estimator you know has asbestos testing been done do you know if the mitigation company took any ITEL samples so then then we go into this part you suck so the client intake should get the right information to that starts the the spiral of information right whether you have a detailed program or you're using something like what you use in our small company google docs um, shared files but a folder gets made we now have a customer it's added to our project tracker if you have a master folder this is called sample projects as you can see so this job comes in it comes in the year 22 comes in the month of june Johnson John right so that's the folder this is where all my job folders might be there's a very simple way so we know for us we have our admin always add a photos folder and then if they're filling out the blanket take form they're gonna save it and drop it in here a simplified once people like if I am receiving the call and filling this out I'll usually just open this up Johnson John, uh, we call it intake and comms notes. Comms notes is all our notes uh, referred by Restoration X. So it's John Johnson. I'm going to put the address, city, phone, email. So put phone, email. I'm going to put insurance, ABC insurance. And then we're going to have the contact info and all that and then so like today I'd probably say 6 1322 uh, spoke to the or we always put our initials IZ spoke to the insured uh, loss from upper bathroom into kitchen 
demo and mit is complete. Um, and so that, that might be all the notes. So then next, say, say it was referred to, to uh, GP. GP called later that day, say called inspecting um, 6.15.22. We usually give an hour window, 12 to 1 p.m., right? So what we would expect, anyone that touches this file, whether it's the admin um, or the project manager's estimator that we're doc we have a running document of communication notes or comms notes so that way it's going to be helpful once the PM gets the file to see those running notes uh, it's one of the ways we try to shorten that gap um, in communication between the two and um, <coughs> you know also for reference because maybe we inspect it in June but maybe it doesn't get negotiated till July or August where the you know maybe the customers out of town for vacation there's all kinds of various delays that are outside of our area of you know out of our responsibility or our direct control so it's just good to have these running notes as always we want to thank our sponsors we have the Institute of Inspection Cleaning and Restoration Certification also known as the IICRC Restoration Technical Institute Office Services by Brandy, and the Restoration Industry Association, a.k.a. the RIA. If you had a water or fire damage in your home and the insurance company sends an adjuster or an independent adjuster or a contractor out, most likely they're going to write an estimate in a program called Exactimate. Here's a sample video, a three-minute video that we recorded using TikTok talking about or attempting to address. We've been coming across quite a bit lately in our business where people don't understand the differences between a construction estimate and an Xactimate estimate. And it's more has to do with the formatting of it. And so trying to bridge some of that gap uh, as we work in the day-to-day -day process of you need to understand there's certain elements of the way this is structured and written that are normative you know things like supervisory labor overhead and profit um, and detailing out some of the line items and even the change orders that have to come because uh, the unit or standardized pricing isn't up to snuff not bagging on the program, just saying, I need to make you aware of that. So, nothing wrong with Xactimate. It's a decent program, but what you need to understand is it is unit pricing and standardized pricing. If you hired a contractor to remodel your kitchen, you're probably going to get a one page document that says remodel kitchen, maybe a few details, and a price. This is lump sum pricing. Embedded in that pricing is their overheaded profit, their supervisory labor, and all those indirect costs that a company needs in order to continue to exist. In an insurance claims estimate written in Xactimate, it's a little different. It's unit pricing, it's broken down line by line, room by room. So instead of a one-page document for a kitchen remodel, you might get six pages line by line of details and the sub layers to the materials and all of these kinds of things.
neither one is wrong. The less details isn't wrong. The more details isn't right. But Xactimate can be a common language between a contractor familiar with the insurance process and an adjuster trying to negotiate the accurate scope. This is the most important piece. You should understand the standard, which should be to restore your home to resemble pre-lost conditions with materials of like kind of quality, no more and no less. Obviously, there can still be some gray area in all of that, but you need to be involved in the process and ensuring that the contractor and the carrier is providing a scope that accurately reflects what needs to be done in your home. So Xactimate, if it is you, should help the contractor and adjuster come to an agreed upon scope and an initial cost. The scope being the most important piece. Do we agree on the scope? Because we may have to backfill some of the costs. Oftentimes, cabinets, countertops, floors, these kinds of things. The unit pricing in Xactimate, and Xactimate themselves has said this, is designed to be a benchmark or a starting point, but it's not the end of the road. So as long as the contractor or you can provide evidence that materials of like kind and quality and the labor are more, then that should be able to be supplemented. It can be a long process, so that's why it's helpful to have a local contractor skilled and experienced in this realm, but this gives you a little more. Let me know, I'd like to know, is this video helpful for other restorers? Obviously, there's only so much you can cover in three minutes, so understand <laughs> understand that we understand that it's not all addressed in three minutes. So then we have what we also use. I'll just introduce this. So if this was going to be assigned to me, it's always got to be assigned to some. If it's not assigned to someone, it's assigned to no one, right? So uh, GP, it's actually, we said this was GP, right? So... So maybe GP says inspection 615 Johnson John if you have job numbers we received it 61322 we track our metrics as far as like so if this was a referral say that we're paid for this E is June <clears throat> P is paid and maybe this is our fourth paid referral this month it's in Puyallup it's ABC Insurance and referred by Restoration X. We called them 61322. We're going to inspect 61322. Um, uh, sent LOI is our letter of intent. Uh, and then once the estimator has this, has it inspected on the 15th and maybe writes it within two days, then they're going to move it down the line. Say that estimate was sent. 6 17 22 um, just a way of tracking it till it goes through all the steps a very simple spreadsheet this is just an introductory you know this is what we use that we've created using google sheets you know we track things like you know did did we get omp approved supervisory labor docu sketch charge for and then labor yield which is something we'll get into in a later chapter uh, or modules so just a Whatever you do, what's the simplest way to make sure everybody has access to the information so that you can all be on the same page? And a lot of that, if you want clear and consistent information, it starts with a, a good intake process.
Do you recognize the handsome man that was just in the uh, outro for the Diojo podcast? That's Elon Posmonic, born to repair. He's based out of San Diego, California. Does mobile repairs. If you need to repair equipment and you're, say, in Pennsylvania, you can call him, FaceTime him, and he will walk you or your uh, warehouse manager or even your technicians through the process. But he sent me, this is exciting, this is, you know, living the American dream, the entrepreneurial dream. Um, He just sent me, he has created the restoration equipment cleaner from Born to Repair. Uh, for dehumidifiers, air movers, scrubbers, extractors, and more. It's biodegradable, earth-friendly, safe for use around children and pets, non-toxic, no bleach, ammonia. Book hug moment. I do, well, my wife and I do it both, but uh, do quite a bit of the cleaning around the house. So I'm excited to try this just around the house. Um, got a nice seal there. Mm, smells good. I'm going to be bathing in that. Mm, mm, mm. Smelling good. It smells like a cleaner, ladies and gentlemen, but check that out. Reach out to Elon. Uh, he's also a restoration poet. He's been on the podcast. I believe Michelle Blevins just had him on as well from CNR Magazine. Uh, but great guy, and um, kudos to him for uh, creating the product, and hopefully we will see it on shelves soon. There you have it. That's elements from How to Suck Less at Estimating Habits for Better Project Outcomes by John Isaacson, part of the Be Intentional series. So this book, Module 1, we have in this book, the forward is by Lisa Lavender. We got the hugger in the house. Book hug moment. Thank you, Lisa. We have a preface. Module 1 talks about dumb by design versus dumb design and guiding principles. So how to structure your estimating process for better project outcomes uh, and making sure people understand some of those guiding principles. Module two, a good sketch is a good start and can you take too many photos? We talk about some sketching and photo habits. Module three, project outcomes reflect estimate inputs and a defensible estimate. A defensible estimate comes from thorough data capture plus accurate data input. Module four, preparing to be profitable. Aren't you tired of getting dirt kicked in your face? I am. And the restoration triangle. Don't you want to leave the taste of the glory? See what it tastes like. A lot of that are habits. Control what we can control and make sure we're communicating with all parties in the restoration triangle. Module five, leveling up as an estimator and simple pricing customizations. Um, we also go through four sample estimate types or approaches. Friends, do you ever get your butt kicked when it comes to writing drywall estimates in Xactimate? Say what? Um, four or five kind of just real basic scenario. What you're doing is terrific. The Diojo podcast. Nobody kicks my butt but me. Xactimate. And show um, some of the ways that you can level up in each of those. And then module six, estimating is one piece of the puzzle. We talk about budgeting approaches and production tracking. We just hint at that at the end of this video as far as the project tracker. Uh, and then we got the afterword, which is from um, 
Edward Cross, the restoration lawyer, and Lily Atkins, um, just a great, the restoration law clerk. Uh, Ed, Ed drops some, some knowledge for y'all, Ed and Lily, power duo. And then a few of the more, a few more things from the Diojo. I believe you all are aware we have pro PropertyRestorationHistory.com. Pete Consigli, the Global Restoration Watchdog, is our technical advisor. Global Restoration Watchdog Pete Consigli stated, The industry is in the middle of a journey to define the profession through the development of two essential elements government and industry use to qualify. <laughs> Last episode of the Diojo podcast, I believe that was episode 85, we talked about um, Bob Bonwell. Claude Blackburn, founder of Dry's Products, reflects by saying, Bob acted with integrity, fair play, sharing, and kindness. Bob was an industry leader, an industry pioneer, always looking for a better way. It always seemed to me that Bob found the right balance between integrity, humanity, and good business practices. And the uh, Restoration Industry Association Body of Knowledge Mastery. We're talking about property restoration mastery. There are three levels of knowledge in the Restoration Industry Association Body of Knowledge. Familiarity, the green. Comprehend industry-specific terminology and general relationships among activities or processes pertaining to the subject without promptly and correctly applying knowledge and skills to solve typical problems or address detailed issues in the subject, even with proper reference material. So you have familiarity. Some of you all have familiarity with um, the uh, education level uh, necessary to thrive in the industry. I realized there was a whole nother universe out there, a whole nother frontier, and the power of the madness and the mania just blew my 24-inch guns out, man. Now there's working knowledge, the blue. With proper reference material, promptly and correctly apply subject knowledge and skills to solve typical problems or address detailed issues in the subject. Working knowledge. And they don't think I know a buttload of crap about the gospel, but I do. Okay? Uh, and then there's mastery. Without reference material, promptly and correctly apply subject knowledge and skills to solve typical problems or address detailed issues in the subject. Is it possible to learn this power? It's Randy Rapp. You know, this is what Randy Rapp told me. Randy Rapp, dang, Dr. Randy Rapp from Purdue University. That, as you describe it, would not be very effective at all. Bob Bonwell was part of that. Uh, Pete Consigli, Marty L. King uh, was part of that. And uh, we got to talk about a little bit about Marty with um, John Pletcher, who won the Marty L. King Award um, this last year at the Restoration Industry Association Convention. So got a lot of good things coming up. Uh, by the time this releases, we'll have had our Fellowship of Construction Knowledge and Entrepreneurial Development, check the acronym, our local meeting for Washington-based, Pacific Northwest-based restorers. So if you're in Washington, if you're in the Pacific Northwest and, and extended, uh, reach out. We'd love to meet with you all in person. Uh, you can travel if you'd like.
and uh, we will get back to you next time. Go ahead and buy the book. Buy a bunch of them for you and your whole team. Yeah, that'd be that'd be a good thing to do. This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard.